Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coast to Coast. I am your co-host, Beyond 716, and we are live here from Southern California, joined, of course, by the man, the myth, the legend, Whittle2K from New Jersey. How are you today? Yeah, I had to unmute, man. I apologize. Um, It's a... It's all good. We've been there. So welcome to what's episode. Hey, it's all all part of the joy and and the allure of this podcast, right, Whittle? So I believe this is episode four we're up on right now. So should be a great one coming up. Uh, Just to give you a quick intro into the pod, we're going to talk about our 23-19 win over the Colts coming up. And we're going to have a special guest coming up to discuss our game against the Steelers. We also want to thank from last week, Megan Hall, sports writer, media personality, and CEO of Hall About Sports. She did a phenomenal job talking, breaking down the Colts. And I learned more about the Colts in that 30 minutes than I have in the last five years. So it was, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it last week if you want to dive into the Colts. And we look forward to having her again in the near future. Yeah. If we play them in the playoffs or something, you know, they got to. They got to step their game up a little bit, but I, I like the Colts, man. That was a fun game. Um, so last week, man, we played the Colts in the preseason. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd say I think it was an easy win for us. Um, running backs look great. Offensive line look great. The defensive line look great. The depth in both uh, both areas of the trenches look great. Um, really, really like the fact that Latavius Murray got some snaps. Um, 
Darrington Evans looks like a return guy that 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 might make the team. And um and Jordan Mims, man, rookie out of uh Fresno State, undrafted guy. Yes. Uh I did a little I did a little uh looking into him after I saw him at the Shrine Bowl. Absolutely killed it out there. So um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to to seeing what happens over the next couple of weeks with him. But um, yeah, man, we got a big show coming up, bro. Big, big, big show we, today. We we really, really do. And I think just the one thing about, and we're gonna talk more about last week, but I, I just I smell a trade coming, Whittle. That defensive line depth we have is almost I mean, the embarrassment of riches we're showing right now in, in that respect. I just think this 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 signals a, b- a big baller being traded. I, I I just can't see something not coming. And we're going to dive into who that could be, who you think it could be. But I, I would be almost shocked if we don't see something come in the next week or two on that front. Well, well it better be a right tackle because we lost one to retirement. So, uh, yes, we don't, we don't want to stay there too, too long. Um, you know, next week. I mean, uh, not next week, but uh, this weekend. Uh, what we got going on beyond? Oh, we do. I mean, we got a game against Pittsburgh this weekend. It's going to be a big test for offensive line. Little, like you know, we saw some good things out of you know Torrance and even Spencer Brown. It was nice to see, but this week's gonna. It's a totally different animal with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into town. So, I'm actually excited that we're playing them because of how great their defensive line is and our defense in general. So, I think it's a great test. Yeah, a little stress test before we start the season to see really where we stand on that front. Absolutely. Uh, this is one of those games, man, where it's, it's going to not only is going to test our trenches, but it's going to test it's going to test the depth. It's going to test like, can we hold up in, against a, against a, a playoff team? Can we hold hold up against a, a playoff caliber, you know, franchise? And I mean, because this is such a big game. We had to bring in a very, very special guest. We had to go and get one of the savants, one of the great minds of 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 the NFL, uh, a very, very entertaining, brilliant individual. Um, you know, I got this guy's phone number. Like I could reach out and we bounce draft stuff off off of each other. You know, we did a whole bunch of uh, looking into these draft prospects and. And I mean, I learned from him, and I hope that you know he gets some you know some nuggets from me from time to time. But I mean, this guy is this guy is as sharp as it gets when it comes to this football thing. Uh, I want to introduce the one, the only guru, sports guru, to the building. Let's get him on the pod right now. Let's get him. All in. right, there he is. What's going What's on, up, man? How you doing, man? Good. Good. Thanks for man. joining us, doing, guru. Man? It's a pleasure, man, shout, man. Out to, shout out to the coast to coast, man. It's an honor to be here, man. It's an honor to have you. So how's everything going out there? Everything's good, man. Just getting excited. You know, uh, training camp, uh, you know, padded practices, had a couple off days. So just back in the fold, man, and then just mm-hmm. enjoying not just football with the Steelers. A lot of injuries have happened, a lot of, you know, NFL breaking news. So you're just, just trying to stay woke, man. But I'm excited to be here, man. I really am. Oh, it's a, it's an honor to have you, Guru. I've listened to you quite a bit in the on the spaces, and I I, I know I your your knowledge just comes through so so through and through. And I've told this to Whittle many times; he can attest to that. Absolutely, likewise. Yeah. It's, you know, with Whittle being a phone call way, like express the same discernment, and you too, Beyond being in spaces, mm-hmm. or 
to you know do a great job. So absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Steelers, Bills. You know, we we we're no strangers to each other. We've seen each other over the la- you know the last few years. Um, you know, we had that uh, opening night, uh, that opening day game. Uh, Steelers, Steelers, Steelers took that one against Buffalo. What was that twenty to sixteen or something like that? Something right. like that. TJ Watt yeah. was fumble, right? No, yeah. TJ Watt was a monster that game. I could still see that. I could still see that. Mel- Melvin Ingram too, man. Melvin Ingram gives us hell wherever he goes, man. So um, Melvin Ingram gave us hell that game, man. Um, and then you know we got we got a little revenge last year, you know. Put it on, put it on the boys a little bit, you know. Uh, Josh and uh, and Gabe and Steph, they had a they had, they had big days, man. We uh, really threw the ball. We really uh, moved down the field very very quickly. Like a lot of big plays that game, we were able to put up thirty eight points. But one thing that stands out from that game is the uh, the emergence of Kenny Pickett. I just felt like you that was when like I watched him when he was at Pitt. I watched him when he had Addison. And then when he lost Addison, he still made plays. So I thought that was the first game when you actually saw, like, that was one of those games where you looked at it and was like, okay, they might have something here. Um, kind of similar to, like, Josh, man. When when we had Josh, you know, it was like 2018 was kind of rough. You know, he, he didn't really start. But then he started – then he, he took over kind of, like, midseason – uh, I think it was like week five or six or something like that. He came in and he was a starter for the rest of the year. But throughout there, you, you know, you had your mistakes. You saw different things that you were like, ah, oh, he's a rookie, he's a rookie. But then there were some moments where you were like, you may have something here. Like this this kid can play a little bit. And um, and then, it, you know, it just grew into year two. Year two, you saw the maturation. You, thought, you saw a better decision-making. You saw him get a better grasp on the speed of the game and, and, and the different things that were taking place. Um, in front of him, he was able to read the uh, the defense a little bit better. He was able to navigate the pocket a little bit more. So, um, I think that from where Josh was, Kenny Pickett, where he was last year compared to where Josh was his rookie year, Kenny Pickett's ahead of him. The athletic traits are not the same, but certainly the 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 mental part of it, the 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 ability to navigate the pocket and and understand. Where you know the, the raw dynamics of uh, of play of of a natural quarterback, Kenny Pickett is way ahead of where Josh was in his rookie year. So uh, year two, man, I, I you know I only expect to see uh, you know I expect to see Kenny Pickett do some more. But we we're gonna talk about Kenny a little bit later, man. Um, Guru, man, talk to me a little bit about your history with uh, Steelers and Bills, man. What 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 do you, what what pops up in your head when you when you think about those things? Just the familiarity, you know, uh, with the two head coaches spending time at William & Mary together, and then both of them be defensive-oriented, excuse me, a defensive-oriented, you know, of a style in terms of their background, and then the rise in terms of their culture. Um, it, it's it actually a funny thing when you look at these two teams. I know the quarterback. I know that a lot of the other players might be tilted Buffalo, but you look at the infrastructure and, and, and the leadership, you know, from the guy that's leading the men, um, it's so many, you know, intricacies. I believe Allen Williams, the D.C. of the Chicago Bears, also was on that staff at William & Mary. So just right there is probably the, the most initial um, connection. And then on top of it, the, the football teams, um, you look at, you know, the the type of fans, you look at the upbringing of the organization, I think they're similar, right? All working, um, foundation. And then on top of it, they love their football. They really do love their football, man. 
absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Were the, there's there's many times when I over the years I mean I've been, been a Bills fan since the '80s, and if somebody asked me what organization would you like to model yourself after, Pittsburgh came off my tongue many times. Right? Like there's a lot of similarities between the markets. The, just the consistency Pittsburgh has shown at such a high level. You know, I mean, obviously the Super Bowls and all that, but not even just that. Just the commitment to the you know to like Mike Tomlin, right? You know, not not doing knee jerk reactions and saying, okay, he didn't have as great a year as we want. We're going to move on. No, you stick with them because you know what you got. So I've always appreciated that about the Steelers. Yeah, and then you know, on top of it, you look at the the team success. Um, the Buffalo Bills playoff win since 2000. You look at the Pittsburgh. You know, look. You look at all of the dynamic of teams that have been winning, the culture, and, and just you know, most of all, like I said earlier, the foundation. These are two, I think, franchises that have a lot of respect. Um, look at the global impact. You know, aren't you guys playing abroad? Um, you know, Mexico City has a big influence for Pittsburgh, so you you have a global impact as well. Yeah, there, there was a uh, chart that came out. Um, it was floating around Twitter. If, if I knew this, the conversation was going to go this way, I would have pulled it in. But um, it was showing like the different influences of of the NFL franchises, where like Dallas kind of is 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 the biggest is the has the most following in the United States. And then you go to different parts of the world, and you'd be surprised. But like, who would have thought Buffalo Bill the Buffalo Bills had a huge following in like Russia? I had no no clue until I saw that. So, you know, I mean, but I get it, man. The snow, you know, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. But um, let, let's move on to to what what's happening this season, right? So we get ready to start the season in a couple of weeks, and um, but obviously prior to preseason OTAs and things like that, you got the off season, you got free agency, you got the draft and things like that. And that's what we're gonna get into a little bit now. Um, you guys had some still. You got the Steelers. You guys had some losses uh, in free agency this year. Um, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Cam Sutton. You know, just talk. Can you talk a little bit about about what those, the void those guys left and how you uh and, and and what you did to 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 replace those players? Yeah. So you know, definitely the inaugural uh, start off for Omar Khan, first time being the general manager after Kevin Cobra retired. Also, Andy Weidel, you know, first time ever having an assistant general manager position. He jumps in the fold as well. Uh, so the free agency actually was a little bit of something that Steelers fans were perplexed about because we didn't know the direction or what type of impact that Omar and Andy would like to attack. Uh, you talked about Cam Sutton. Um, I think the biggest loss by far because of the positional flexibility, because of the snaps, and most of all because of the football IQ. Um, some guys, they don't have the athleticism, so their IQ makes up for it. And he did it at a high level, playing at a career level last year. Um, the Raiders game, um, the, the Bengals' first game, made big-time plays to take the football away and get a Pittsburgh Steelers an extra opportunity to have a football um, from a, a you know advantage standpoint. Then you you look at um, – you talked about uh, – we got Larry Ojadobi last year. However, we you know Chris Wormley left, Tyson Alulu left. So the, the, the one-tech and the three-tech possibly were – um, positions that we, we had a couple concerns with. Um, we were able to get Brandon Fahoku and Armand Watts. Um, Fahoku from the Chargers, Armand Watts from the Chicago Bears. Both guys that have positional flexibility can play anywhere from the one and the three. However, Fahoku is your traditional space eater, like a Jordan Phillips, you know, somebody that can take on double teams that yeah. you have in the goal line, a short, short yardage situations that will step um, the guard in the center from, you know, generating a point of contact. Uh, Patrick Peterson came on the fold to possibly replace Cam Sutton. Um, he has a guy, he's a guy, first of all, that has 
Um, he's a, not only a first ballot of famer, but his character, you think a lot of the younger guys, they look up to him. So just that in the locker room, no matter, that's tangible. And then on the football field, most interceptions last year, I believe since uh, 2012 in his career, um, not a Cam Sutton. Um, I don't even think he'll probably be one of the better corners of football, but his value will kind of be like a Joe Hayden. Um, when you when you have a young secondary, you need a guy that comes in for agency that might um, be on its way up, but he still can, you know, touch, help, you know, before he leaves. And that's what he's doing in the, in the cornerback room. But most of all, he's helping guys like Darnell Washington. He's helping so many guys on the team because of his experience. And he has safety capability. Um, training camp, we've had a couple of injuries at the safety position. He's been able to actually get some snaps there. Uh, but pretty much the, the camp sudden – is probably the biggest um, void. Uh, I, I think acquisitions, it starts with Isaac Siamalu. I mean, you, you you look at a guy that's a top five guard in the National Football League. Uh, watch Jason Kelsey, I love that podcast. He came on there and said that, you know, Isaac Siamalu is the smartest football player that he's ever played with. So just to get that in the fold, um, the first game you all talked about, um, not only Kenny Pickett struggling, your, your, your defensive front took a lunch money from the start to finish. We couldn't hold up. And you got to be able to hold up against elite teams, um, teams that play in the a- AFC Championship, um, if not the year year um, prior. So you have to be able to hold up, and that's what Isaiah Simala is going to do. But the leadership, I keep talking about leadership. Uh, Landon Roberts, uh, this, this is a guy that's a two, two-time uh, Super Bowl champion, but also to a two-time leader, team captain on his team. Then you uh, bring in uh, another guy in terms of a, a vet that possibly you know can lead the room in terms of Quan Alexander that just came – uh, what maybe two weeks ago, and, and the timing is perfect. Um, I thought he played very well for the Jets. Um, so certain guys on the football field, their impact is greater than what shows up on the box score. You feel them, you're able to run out there and believe in them. So those are just a couple of the, I think, uh, Cole Holcomb as well. Um, those are the, you know, the linebacker room. It's a funny thing about the linebacker room. Uh, Devin Bush, you talked about him. Robert Spillane, Miles Jack. Alanda Roberts by himself had more tackles for loss, more interceptions and more sacks than the entire linebacker room. So that was basically the approach, I believe. Um, Andy White and Omar Khan get some vets, um, utilize the four picks in the top eight in the draft, and see what you do have in your in your young quarterback. Absolutely. So I, I you know, I I just I just look at the Steelers as a team. Like if I'm in the AFC North right now. I mean, it's one of the toughest divisions of football. I, I, I have to be a little concerned if I'm a fan of Cincinnati, Cleveland, or, or Baltimore. I mean, Pittsburgh looked like they were going to be a team that, you know, after Roethlisberger left, now they're going to fall off for a while. But I really thought when you traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, I, I'm a little biased for Minka. I went to school with his dad in high school. So I've known about Minka since he was very small. So he's one of my favorites. But I think Minka had a big play in changing your culture, too. I remember when they made that trade, like, wow, first-round pick for Minka. I said, no, that, that's more than good enough for Minka. And I think that kicked off with getting Kenny Pickett. So I, I, I think you guys are absolutely on, on a great trajectory. Yeah, the, Kevin Colbert, that probably was his best uh, move as general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Believe it or not, I think this guy will um, get the call from Canton. But to get Minka Fitzpatrick from the, the Miami Dolphins at that time, you think about saving, saving your season, you know, the Steelers were dead. Um, a lot of injuries have happened. Remember, this is Big Ben. Um, he's out. So to get a guy like Megan Fitzpatrick, I believe most interceptions and touchdowns um, since he was drafted in the National Football League, I believe that list is like Megan Fitzpatrick and Marcus Peters. But this is a guy that immediately, first game, we actually played the 49ers week one. Uh, first game, 
versus the uh, as a member of the Steelers was versus the 49ers. Had an interception and a forced fumble. What a hell of a first impression, man. Absolutely. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. And um not only did you have uh free agency, but you, you guys had a hell of a draft. Like I you know, we talked about this in great detail over the summer and uh throughout the draft process, senior bowl, you know, combine, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, I I, I had I had a little I had a little uh I had a little something put together to 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 you know pay some respect to one of the better draft classes. I think you guys probably won the draft this year. Um let's 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 take a look there. Oh, good stuff. So, yeah, man. Broderick, I'm gonna go through it real quick, man. We got Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, Nick Herbert, Corey Trice, and Spencer Anderson. Um we talked a lot about a few guys on that list, man. Keanu Benton, Broderick Jones, and Darnell Washington. I think those are those are three of the guys that we you and I talked about in great detail over the uh throughout the draft process, man. And what is it what has it been like getting those young guys? And I mean, when I say young guys, I mean like these are high quality uh football players that are coming to the National Football League and um with the I, and I don't I, I think I don't think Darnell Washington is as polished as some of the other names on that list, but um the talent and the and the the, the potential is is oozing out of that six foot seven, two hundred and sixty five pound frame that ran uh, uh under a four six. So you know I like when you have like when you have that you have all of that man, like what is that what type of what type of juice does that inject into your building when you can bring those high level, high quality football players uh, into your building uh, to an already good team? Well, I mean, the, the unique thing about the draft process, and you talked about it, we went toe to toe with that, you know, beyond me and Widow, we've ran out of the actual trial. So for the PFF mock draft, <laughs> the, the mock draft simulator, I think what Widow, like four or five days before the draft, they, they asked for a $29 or $39.99 subscription because we had cranked out so many mock draft algorithms possible. Uh, so it was so, you two. It was you two that, that caused that. Okay, I knew hey, it. I'll probably throw Yuji and Inshallah in there, but the, the fact that we were able to um, not just, you know, bond, but most of all, just talk football in a manner of we, we're watching preseason, like he said, you're just so much abreast. But to answer your question, with a four picks in the top 80, that's how you, you capitalize – you, you have to take advantage of the opportunity to get these, I think, homegrown talent. And when I say homegrown talent, they did a thing at college. They come from programs that translate tangible football players. You look at University of Wisconsin, you look at the University of Georgia, you look at Penn State, those guys can look at you and say, hey, this is my showing pole of what I have of development, what I have in terms of tutelage, and what I have in terms of a finished product and guys that you know play at a high, high level. Um, the Darnell Washington thing was really unique because you go through the draft process, you like you talk about your needs. That round in the third round, pick 80, that's possible where you probably would get a middle linebacker. You might get a slot corner, possibly to, because of the camp sudden. But can you fathom not taking a guy with this potential? Uh, the first time he ran routes, I believe it was an OT rookie mini cam, and there was a tweet that went by the like overtime and just like, wow. You know, Darnell Washington can't run routes. And you look at the kid's development to right now, 
you know, um, in the in the Bucks game, I got a I got a third and ten when he was able to run to the sticks, um, and if not converted, I think he got nine yards. His overall ability to be coachable, not to make the same mistakes, and then the blocking aspect. Uh, Darnell Washington, he's a guy that no matter from day one was going to come in and be one of your better blockers on your football team. What a that is a draft superlative. That is a draft value, and we were able to maximize that in the, in the Bucks game. You look at Calvin Austin, jet sweeps, folks. They don't work sometimes when you don't get leverage and enough hats on the head on the perimeter. A guy like Darnell Washington, a guy next to Jack Gentry when you go 13 personnel with a guy like Broderick Jones next to you, it's just a numbers game. And you're playing against a really superior elite defender um, or IQ that has the ability to knife through that. Um, You look at a guy like Nick Herbig in the fourth round. I mean, the guys like Broderick Jones, I think um, his development will be key. I think he'll have an opportunity to play later in the season. I don't know if you baptize him against a Miles Garrett and a Nick Bosa. Um, maybe you bring him up against a you know Houston Texas Will Anderson. I'm not sure, but you you look at Joy Porter Jr. Um, has had a, a a a kind of a steep learning curve, but you should right playing cornerback in the National Football League, playing at that position is it, not easy. But the kid has to learn how to tackle better, open field, but he's coachable as well. Um, you got a Patrick Peterson. You got a Mika Fitzpatrick. It's funny thing, Deontay Johnson. He said, "Man, you're not at Penn State. You got to stop holding." That, that those type of battles, iron sharper iron. I think Joey Porter Jr. will be able to play at minimum a base defense. You talked about Darnell Washington, Nick Herbert. I mean, Nick Herbert out of Wisconsin to get a guy that you know. You look at Leo Chanel. You look at um, a T.J. Watt. They're doing their thing. Looking at um, Jim Leonard. Looking at how they develop and get these guys pro ready. One and a half second of preseason game versus the Bucks. Very violent. Um, a smaller guy that was able to show up in a run game. That's huge for a young rusher that's already in a gauntlet playing behind TJ Watt, um, Alex Highsmith, and then Marcus Golden, um, who had 11 and a half sacks, I believe, in uh, 2020. Uh, Corey Trice, man, prayers up. Kid, unfortunately, had a serious injury. Um, is on injured reserve. Uh, and that hurts because a cornerback room, you lack numbers, you lack bodies. When that type of injury happens, everybody's picking order goes up. And then Spencer Anderson, man, I, I love the draft. Uh, we talked about him a little. Spencer Anderson is a guy not only from the University of Maryland, but he is a positional uh, chess piece. Um, he plays he plays center, guard, and tackle University of Maryland. In his preseason game, he played every position but center. And he had an 86.5 PFF grade. Um, I mean, that 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 is, that is the cement, I believe, on your draft class when your seventh round pick is playing at that type of level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, when you, you know that like general managers, I, in my opinion, you don't make your you don't, you don't, you don't justify your paycheck by uh, hitting in the first and the second round. But when you start getting value, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh, and when you can find value consistently throughout the draft, throughout your, throughout your tenure, on day three and late day two picks, when you can do that, that's that's when you got a real good general manager. That's why I love Brandon Bean, man. He can every single year he gets us at least one on day three, and he'll get he'll get us one on day two. Um, so with that being said, man, like the whole grown talent is we definitely see it, right? We definitely see it. I think um all, out of the guys that you draft, out of, out of the guys that you drafted over the last couple of years, like I can't even think of anybody who really hasn't been uh, a contributor. I mean, the one that kind of jumps out is Chase Claypool, uh, 6'4", you know, two, two and some change, 
extremely fast. You know, he had all the measurables, but for whatever reason, he just didn't work out. But uh, you guys rectified that situation by taking in the second round last year, George Pickens, and giving him, uh, giving Kenny Pickett, the quarterback that you selected, uh, a a target to grow with, like that. And when I when I look at that connection, I think about what could have been with Josh Allen and Justin Jefferson. Have we not traded that pick to get Stephon Diggs? Don't get me to don't get it twisted. I love Diggs. I'm happy he's here. But what could have been if we kept that pick and t- took Je- took Jettis and then drag? Then then where where are we now? You know, like what 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 do we have to look forward to now? I mean, well, what we have to look forward to is paying Justin Jefferson forty million dollars a year. But I mean, you know, but I mean, I listen. Everything worked out. That's one of those win or trade where everybody won. But Kenny Pickens to George Pickens. We have seen Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. We've seen the connection a couple of times. Um, and I I mean it looks like the next great connection, man. So talk to talk to us about talk to us about that connection y'all got brewing down there, man. Yeah, you know, had a couple moments um in a Buffalo game. Uh, you know, you get losing about 30, but you look for a resolve, you look for a team to continue to fight. A lot of people don't remember DeMar Hamlin, Kenny. They actually got into it, and then James Daniel on the sideline by itself. So there was teams still fighting to the to the um, whistle. That doesn't show up in the box score. And George Pickens had a couple of moments that shows you, like, okay, we got to get this guy to football. Um, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, highest completion rated in terms of a duo uh, in the passer rating category of any combination of football. Um, you look at the, the the targets and completions that they had, you know, better than like a, a, a Hill and, T- and T- Tagovailoa, better than like a Kelsey. And, and, and Mahomes. So that, those statistics is what you look for when you do invest um, in a first-round uh, quarterback and a second-year receiver. Listen, the second-year pick for George Pickens might have been greedy, some will say, because of the talent that was on the board. But again, sometimes the talent or the potential is greater than the statistics or what you see right now in the kid. The future is bright, and sometimes you take that ceiling, and that's what you have in both of them. But most of all, both of them, their second year. Um, the Buffalo Bills, you talked about the similarities. I think your second and third year players pride themselves in taking a jump in that trajectory or point of their career. And that's what you're looking at possibly right now for Kenny Pickens and George Pickens. These guys are accelerating at a really nice rate at both respect retrospects of their position. The processing, quarterback mobility, keeping your head down the field, taking what the defense gives you, embracing the check down, throwing the football um, out of bounds, throwing, you know, with your, with your head looking um, and not, you know, the nonsense of not looking through, but looking at the football field, because sometimes when you throw the football, you're not seeing the field. You're just looking at the defender. And Kenny did that on tape. George Pickens, sometimes when you, you come from an AC, ACL injury and the timing, and then you get on a moving fast train, excuse me, trying to get reps with Mr. Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, your route trees already pedestrian. You're looking at it right now um, in a preseason game, just something really tangible. Steelers did not have one completion of 25 yards or more. Um, last year, they had one in the preseason game, you know. That's just, that's just a dynamic of something really uh, short. I'm really happy on the kids. Um, Ryan Clark came out and said that he has possibly more talent. He brought up Justin Jefferson. Um, and, and I'm not going to agree with that because I think Jefferson is a top two receiver. But what I will tell you is that Kenny Pickett did say that he is the most talented receiver that he's ever played with. And every day, Whittle and beyond, you're hearing about it in training camp. 
one-handed catch. George Pickens oozes and oozes again. So I'm really excited to see the development. Um, schematics matter, though. Um, defenses are going to throw different looks at Pickett and Pickens to try to figure out, let's figure out if this is a real connection or was this an ability of taking advantage of a soft vanilla defense. So just something to look out for, how defenses adjust coverage-wise and schematically to that duo. Well, yeah, well, regardless of regardless of what they try to do, um, you you even if the Pickens situ, even if Pickens is 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 doubled or or not open or or you know getting blanketed, you got you guys got firewolves, you know, you got uh Deontay, you know, you got uh what's the young what's the uh Cal Calvin you got the, you got Calvin John. I mean come like you got a bunch of weapons, man. Oh, and by the way, they can run the football with Najee, right? So, Jalen Warren, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, you know, like I mean, the, the weapons and the, and the the weapons and the and the and the talent on that roster, man. And it's the thing that I love about it so much is not only is it talent there, but it's all young talent, and it's going to grow together. So for the next few years, man, y'all got a lot of good players, a lot of contributors on rookie deals. Eventually, it's going. You know, eventually, the checks got to get written. Yeah, eventually, but. But right now, man, ride it out, and, and you know, and, and the sky's the limit. Uh, but beyond, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, get that oh in. no, you're fine. No, you know, I you mentioned Kenny Pickett in that second half against the Bills. The comparison between him and Josh was so amazing to me. Whittle, you remember Josh's first game, the Vontae Davis retirement game, it was against the Chargers <laughs> at home. And what I re- what I remember most is second half. I come out and they and you know, they come out on TV. You see Josh Allen in the in the defensive huddle just barking at the players, right? <laughs> the Bills gave up three points that second half. We didn't win. Josh threw two touchdowns, right? Led two touchdown drives. But I think that was such a tone setter for Josh, right? I thought when I saw the picket in that Bills game, like even though I was like, oh, we won. It was a big win for the Bills. I was like, man, you know, Pickett was he was still fighting at the end. He was still, you know, playing his game and and, and making some good plays. Like I, I think that was a great tone setter for Kenny, right? In, in his first start against one of the best defenses in the league on the road against the, we were a Super Bowl favorite at the time. So I thought he handled that really, really well. Like sometimes, like you said, the box score may not show it. You may say, ah, the Steelers were terrible. And, you know, the defense just had an off day for them. It wasn't typical, you know, what we're used to from Pittsburgh. But when you look closely, I saw a a, a young quarterback that, yeah, I I think there's, there's a lot there for Kenny Pickett going forward. Yeah, you you make really, really good, great points, Beyond. The unique thing about the Kenny Pickett situation was that was his first start. And you look at the dynamic about it, um, getting first-team reps, getting familiar with your eligibles matter, but it's tough to do that or simulate that in a practice setting going against one of the best defenses in football. Um, You look at the game, a couple of events spiraled out of control before Kenny Pickett got the football. Muff punt, advantageous opportunity for Josh Allen, and then a 99-yard touchdown – um, after, a, a, you know, I think a, a questionable call to send Mika Fitzpatrick on a blitz to uh, Gabriel Davis to be one-on-one with, you know, Levi Wallace and Trey Norwood bracketing. So the game had already spotted out of control, but you look at it through 300 yards and then, you know, show that resolve. That's something that you build with the next week. Now, I, I don't want you to justify – I don't want to justify the performance or the numbers, but we're just showing you that the first time ever playing – there were so many tangible things. Um, the kids' development, the kids' work ethic, the kids' leadership has really just been off the charts. Um, the velocity um, and, it's, and it throwing the football was able to gain weight. Um, 
also concussions, two concussions. So all he did was the summer was learn how to um, strengthen the, the neck bone. So when you do get hit, you're able to control the fall. That's a technique. Um, you know, jujitsu, taekwondo, they're teaching that. Um, so his overall ability and to embrace who he is, you know, got married. Um, I'm really excited about the trajectory of the kid. I think he's a top seven quarterback potential because you look at the eligibles, you look at the offensive line, but just his acceleration, um, everything that we see, um, the good quarterbacks, they don't make the same mistakes over. And if they do make mistakes, it's usually a coverage. It's usually a, a hiccup, a, a running back or a tight end drop the ball and, uh, you know, able to catch a bubble catch. You, you look at like a, a Josh Allen, I'm going to give you one that I think Trevor Lawrence, I think Trevor Lawrence second year step should probably be with a Steelers fans um, is a reasonable expectation, right? Um, take the, take that step. The numbers back it up, and you you win a playoff game. That that is what I think reasonable expectations for uh, year two for Kenny Pickett. Absolutely, uh, just you know, beyond you said uh, sometimes the box score doesn't show, doesn't show it, but his box score showed it. Three hundred twenty-seven yards, man, mm-hmm. uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Who I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time we didn't rank in the top seven in in, in past defensive uh, metrics. Whether you're talking about DVOA, you're talking about uh, points allowed, you're talking about yards allowed, uh, completion percentage, things like that. The Buffalo Bills always rank very high defending the pass. So for him to go out there his rookie year and in his first start, though for 327 against the Buffalo Bills, man, that's that's not something that you that's not something you scoff at. Um, but that brings us to Saturday, right? I believe the game is Saturday, right? The game is Saturday in Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. That's right. Saturday in Pittsburgh. Um, they got it's Bills versus Steelers in Pittsburgh. What are we looking for? What are the expectations? What are you looking to see, Guru? Well, uh, you know, um, first thing is you do both expect your starters to be available. I know you guys got a lot of coming back from injury. Um, I, I think the availability of the opponent matters. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so – that 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 that's key. I'm looking to see who plays um, because I think Tomlin and, and McDermott are tacticians, um, and they want to give the young guys the best reps and best looks possible. But uh, you know, immediately I'm looking at both trenches. Um, I think your pass rush has the ability to have so many guys. Um, I know the Jets are getting a lot of buzz, but I think it's a similar infrastructure. Um, how hound after hound for four quarters to have versatility. You're gonna, we're going to see a lot of different looks. Um, and when you have an offensive line, the one that we have in terms of a Nazik Simalu joining the fold, pretty much all the stable guys, I want to see that experience. I want to see if they're able to pick up blitzes. I want to see if they're able to communicate because I think we're going to really get good looks. I think the Bucks, pr- pretty vanilla. I think they were pretty vanilla because they didn't have a lot of guys available. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see the one-on-one matchups like, you know, um, uh, Isaac Siamalu and a James Daniel with like a, a Ed Oliver and, you know, um, a Phillips. Um, and then like the Boogie Bashams, the, um, you know, Gregory Rousseau's. I'm looking to see Broderick. I'm looking to see Broderick one-on-one possibly against those guys. I think that's a good formidable rep, um, but also to a Dan Moore Jr. And then, you know, you look at the other position battles. I mean, look at the defensive line versus your offensive line. I think your offensive line did make changes. Um, is really more experienced. At certain points that you weren't last year, that's going to allow you then the acquisition of Osiris Torrance. That's a that's basically a, a young thoroughbred that you're ready to put out there at any moment. So 
those are going to be him versus Keanu Ben, him versus the Marvin Leal, Armand Watts. I mean, folks, if you just watch the Buffalo Bills game, just watch the pig, the pig nose of the football. That's where the game I think everybody's going to be looking at. Yeah, you'll have the George Pickens, Kyrie Elam, you have the Christian Benford, Calvin Austin matchups, but up front, the big, the big sexies, right? The guys that get no publicity out there in the football field. Those are the matchups on both sides that I'm really going to be penciled in, looking, looking at, man. Absolutely, that's that's the same on this side, man. Like, I I looked at I looked at uh, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, take a look at our game last week, but uh, we played the Colts and. You know, I felt like the offensive line held up. Second unit, they held up pretty well. Third unit, they held up pretty well. I was like, all right, man, the offensive line looks cool. We were able to run the football. We were able to win at the point of attack. But that's against the Colts. So I need to see what these guys are going to do when they're up against a Keanu Ben, a Cam Hayward, uh, Alex Highsmith, Marcus Gold. Like, I need to see what, what like, let me see what you're going to do, Spencer Brown, when you're facing a, a T.J. Watt, right? Let me see what you're going to do when when you got when you lined up with an Alex Highsmith who had what? What do you have? Fourteen sacks last year. Fourteen and a half. Yep. Fourteen and a half sacks last year. So that that's what I want to see. These are high level matchups that are going to tell me a lot about my football team. Uh, Kaya Elam got targeted and basically he got picked on. Kenny Pickett picked on him last year in that game. And Kaya Elam, I'm sure, uh, he's he's a very competitive individual. So I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get um to get back to get get some uh, get back. Be, yeah, what more. you got, man? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Guru. No, I was just gonna say one more point is that you talk about good looks from your your young defense. Well, they'll get really good looks because Mason Rudolph and Milton Trubisky. I mean, you look at not necessarily pecking order of quarterbacks, but just. They get that experience, you're going to get a quarterback that's been in the NFL for a long time, and he's going to be able to really utilize his experience. So if your young dudes do play well, because I just think that's really something you should be able to gauge, because usually when you're playing against, in the fourth quarter, you're playing against a quarterback that doesn't have the experience or doesn't have, like, the the reps of a Rudolph or Trubisky. So that's all, brother. I mean, this is not just that. My my fault. Not just just their experience, but the athleticism, because – they offer something that I mean, we did see a little bit of that with uh with Anthony Richardson, but but after that, I mean, you got Sam Ellinger, you, you know, Case Keenum, like I mean, not Case Keenum. Um, who was the other the backup over there? Uh, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, yeah. Minshew, so I yeah. mean, those guys are not those guys are not the caliber of athlete that a Mason Rudolph or a Mitchell Trubisky is. Like those guys will pull the ball down and take off, especially Trubisky. He played here, so. You know, uh, I'm sorry, Beyond, but I mean that's just another that's just another wrinkle that those that this matchup is going to provide my defense. You know, you know, we you know you know the issue at, at middle linebacker. So whoever's playing middle linebacker is going to have the, uh, a hell of a job to do this weekend. They got to deal with they got to deal with fire moves and uh, the middle of the field. They're gonna have to worry about the checkdowns. You got. Warren and, and Najee Harris that are going to be attacking these run gaps, and you got to fill the right gap and make sure. And tackling Najee Harris is a business decision. Like he is not a small back, so you know if you fill in that gap, you, you better. Bring, I mean this, this this is not a this is not a this is not a uh, tuxedo game, man. This is the this is the overalls and lunch bell game, man. Like this is you know what I'm saying. 
This right. is a break. This is a break. Your heart had to work game. So and to get um, this type of matchup in the preseason is just so so valuable, man. Yep. 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 Because yep. especially I mean, this week, because we're going to see more starters this week instead of like next week, as an example. Right. Next That's week right. Is rehearsal for for teams who don't like the Jets and the uh, Browns who don't have four preseason games. Um, one more thing too, um, the special teams factor. Um, I'm looking at Calvin Austin, for instance, last week, the Bucks game, Jordan Burr got a lot of the kickoff and punt return special specialist opportunities. I think Calvin Austin will probably get maybe one or two kicks and punt returns. I'm looking at that. And I'm also looking at Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell had a lot of ham, hamstring injuries last year that really hindered his progress. And I, that matters. Uh, I'm looking at that because you might want to make a move. There will be some cuts, tough cuts um, in the next couple of weeks that you want to make sure you're able to cement for the practice squad, cement for the 53, and most of all, just do some scouting because injuries, unfortunately, they do bite at the worst in our platoon times. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what, what do you think the, the key – well, we already kind of went through the key matchups. Um, it's, it's definitely the trenches, different things like that, uh, the, the trenches. Um, and then, you know, you got your, your young guys that are going to be fighting – that are going to be fighting the – to turn the heads of the coaches uh, beyond what do you, what do you look at as like, what are, what are your projected like key matchups for the game coming up this weekend? Well, I mean, you know, listen, for where we want to be, this is the perfect defense to gauge, right? I mean, if we want to make the Super Bowl, I mean, we may not even play defense as good as Pittsburgh, but you could guarantee they're going to be close to that level. So I, I think Spencer Brown, just seeing how he holds up against, you know, let, let's see how, how we hear about how he's been doing good in camp. I want to see where, where he is at this point. I, I want to see how Torrance handles, you know, his first game on the road in the NFL. Uh, granted, it's a preseason game. But, again, this is a big boy defense, as we call it, right? N- not, to, not, to, not to shed bad on the Colts, but Pittsburgh's a whole nother level. So, really, our offensive line, to me, is one of the pain points, especially the right side. That is what I am focused on this weekend. And, and to see how that that transpires. And you made a great point about the middle linebacker and all the assignments that we have, and all the and all the different problems that Pittsburgh's offense is gonna 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 show us. Yeah, that's yeah. my key matchup, man. Middle linebacker, my our, our linebackers versus uh, versus these running backs and these um and these tight ends, man. I, I mean, uh, Darnell Washington. Yeah, no, go ahead, I, go ahead I, brother. No, I was gonna say I sent you um, the Validate kid because you know um, Najee Warren. You know they get the noise, but McFarland and I think a Validate who were able to get just got cut from the uh, Texans. Um, football at its highest level in terms of scouting. Glenn Thomas, OC, Arizona State, last four seasons um, is our new offensive analyst. So we were able to snag him up. Um, I think on like a, a seven hundred fifty thousand signing bonus, like. Uh, lucrative deal for this kid to be a fourth running back. You're gonna get re- like, and that's why I'm so excited. You're gonna get so many good looks. This this game is not just a preseason game because guys, they're gonna get the probably the best reps possible. They'll get the entire process. Um, and then on top of it, these vets, the the safety duo that you have, the depth back there, those guys are gonna be able to throw a lot of looks in our quarterback room. Um, you, you look at the tight ends, Darnell Washington against a Dorian Williams in the in the run. Back on backers um, opportunity, um, stopping a run, and then you you know play action. It's just so. It's, this is not your typical preseason game. It really isn't. And NFL Network they didn't reward us because if you don't have NFL Plus, you gonna have to stream it. 
But it, yeah. it, I'm really excited about this football game, man. Yeah, I, I'm a little too, surprised man. that they didn't put us on, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I was really shocked. That you would think that, like, listen, man, we, we had to sit through Denver and who, who was it? Was it Arizona? Denver, Arizona. Yeah. Arizona yeah. last year on Thursday Night Football. You would think that they would make a, a Steelers Bills game, even though it's the preseason, you would make that a game that you would feature. I, the NFL, I mean, sometimes, man, I don't know what they'd be thinking yeah. about. The Steelers always bring the ratings. I mean, and right. then also Josh Allen possibly playing and then. You know, to see how Kenny Pickett's doing in year two. Oh, I mean, I, I agree. Pittsburgh, it's a, you know, you got a lot of guys on your team that went to the University of Pittsburgh. I yep. mean, that's true. I just, yep. yeah. Hamlin, uh, Jack, uh, Dane, Dane went there. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we got somebody else. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out later. Well, know. just a programming note, they are replaying it on the NFL Network 7 a.m. on Sunday and 8 p.m. on Wednesday of next week, so. See Just I mean? for anybody out there that doesn't, they don't, they, they don't even put it on when you're up. Seven a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> Seven a.m. Uh, yeah. Hey, you got to get NFL Plus, man. You got to get NFL Plus, man. That's the thing. You can watch yeah, it whenever. Yep. That's it, man. Four ninety nine to change your life. You can stop coming yeah. to these spaces saying wild stuff that ain't true. You Shout know? out to Roland, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I had one more thing for Guru. I had one more thing for you. What's your um? I, I mean, you don't even have to give me. You can give win loss record if you want. But what's your general? expectation for this season right going in like if you as a fan you know thinking it through like what what do you think is going to happen i i'm very high in you guys i have you guys surprised that everybody went in this division i know it's a little bit bold but I, i'm just curious what you what you think so you just really just think about the how we got here process um a lot of fans they they, they suffer because the team held on the bin too long and what that means is that you never can start a succession plan until he leaves. Um, you can look at, you know, we drafted Mason Rudolph. The reports came out. He said he wouldn't mentor him. Just that type of ego, and, and rightfully so. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Um, you know, a guy that I think is a first ballot Hall of Famer. So replacing a first ballot Hall of Famer is a process in itself. And when you're 27 like myself and your first time seeing a losing season, last year you're looking and you're looking at the game abnormal because you don't understand what happened. But again, how do we get here? That's the repercussions when you don't have the infrastructure, you don't have basically. So the succession plan was Ben and Colbert out, Kenny Omar in. And now you're seeing the fruits of that. Um, don't don't forget, like you said, we talked about earlier, Domingo Fitzpatrick, um, drafting Kenny Pickett, drafting George Pickens. Kevin Colbert deserves a lot of respect. But the roster from top to bottom has significant holes. Um, Robert Spillane, uh, you know, Keller Witherspoon playing meaningful spots. Andy Weidel and Omar Khan, they want to give themselves an opportunity to win from the start. And when you have that logic, you look at a T.J. Watt, 7-1 and one when he played. You look at Kenny Pickett in the last eight games. You look at him being 1-0 against the Baltimore Ravens and 1-0 against the Cleveland Browns. And then you go in the offseason with four picks in the top 80. You go into the offseason – um, you tell people, hey, I'm going to stick by Matt Canada. That's showing dividends right now. So what I'm showing you is that they have showed you that the Pittsburgh Steelers organization is still at the pinnacle. Now, the talent, there are a lot of hypotheticals. We got to see what happens. But if you win nine games last year, if you win nine with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, how many do you possibly think you can win with a Kenny Pickett? The answer is usually 10 or 11. You think about the fourth easiest schedule. Um, you play about five to six teams with a first-year quarterback or first-year head coach, that's advantageous with the experience that the young team had already had 
the Baltimore Ravens game, the Oakland Raiders game, those were big, steep circumstances. And those young guys, they, they, they prevailed, and that will help them moving forward next year against easier competition. But like, you you know, the, the you guys are football savants. Doing something uh, more on the job, the, the experience and the performance is just going to have to be better, right? And if it's not, um, you probably aren't going to be working or doing the thing where you're at right now. So um, I say I say 11 or 12 wins um, and then um, winning a playoff game should be, you know, guru or just anybody reasonable expectations. Can they surpass that? Absolutely. But if you don't win nine games, if you get to the playoffs and get manhandled against, a, you know, possibly a Buffalo Bills, then you start having question marks or it's a, a calling card. We're just not there yet. So it's so many different variables, but I definitely think um, should be a division favorite. So many uncertainty. This football thing is you don't take it for granted. You look at Joe Burrow, you you look at Marlon Humphrey. I'm just talking AFC North. The hierarchy can change at any moment. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. can be affected. So I'm just bringing up, you know, that's just the honest approach. I think about um, that question. Yeah, that that's what's up, man. I I I kind of I, I tend to agree with you. Um, that like you guys didn't really go through a rebuild. Like, I mean, it was really like I don't even think that counts. It was like one one season where you didn't make the playoffs. That's it. So I mean, that's not really a rebuild. It's more like a retool. For and whoever was the architect on getting a second round pick. For Chase Claypool, that individual is goaded. Okay, he's goaded because put a statue up in front of the stadium for that guy. Listen, (laughs) to be able to commit that type of robbery without a gun is is admirable. I mean, that was just the first pick in the second round. I'm just sitting there thinking to my and and I and and I'm just sitting there waiting and saying like, all right, we we got we got pick fifty nine number two in in the second round two. There's no way Keanu's getting to, to, to 59. And then when the Steelers picked him up, I was sad, but I was glad at the same time because we had put so much, me and Guru had spent so much time watching this kid on tape, watching this kid at the scene, you know, watching this kid reps, talking about this guy, talking about like break, really, really breaking down his game film from college and watching it translate into, you know, into, OTAs and and now you see him in the game where he's literally just moving grown men out the way as if they are just not there. You know, like the kid's gonna be a star. We knew it. We knew it in 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 the summertime. It, they they're gonna be talking like you got you got Chris Jones, you got Aaron Donald, you got uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Quentin Williams. And Keanu Benton's on his way into that into that fold because yeah, he's right, that Dr. level of talent. John Allen, but yep. and that's how I feel about Osiris Torrance. Um, that was a guy at the at that range where we were in the draft, first round. Like, do we take him right there, or with that additional pick, do you take him? But then that's prior to you know the Isaac Ciamalu acquisition. And then you got a James Daniel. Mm-hmm. So the, the the Osiris Torrance, when we saw the mocks or mocked him to him, we're like, well, now you're just being greedy. But then Buffalo gets him, and it, that's how I feel because you might have a situation where Osiris doesn't have to play till after your bye week. That's that's not yep. all, Robert. That's great evaluation. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I remember we were doing our mock swiddle. We were thinking betting Tuss in the first round. Remember? I mean, just to give you an idea, Guru, like I would have been very happy with that if we didn't move up for Kincaid. I was yeah. kind of hoping for it. Listen, so, if it was me, if it was me, yeah. Kincaid would not be on this team. It was Jack I Campbell. I could sign another. Yeah. 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 Once Jack, Jack Campbell, Campbell came off the board, too. once Jack Campbell yeah. came off the board, it was Keanu Benton the bus for me. That that was the move for me. Mm-hmm. Keanu Benton in the first round, and then we figured the rest out. But um, and you get him in the bro, second round. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, if we could have got Keanu Benton, bro. Your coaching matters. When we when we acquired him and drafted him, minicamp, Carl Dunbar, like he wasn't even teaching him, you know, hand movement. He was teaching him leverage. And mm-hmm. and that shows up on tape against a lot of these guys because you know, um, you look at the bus game and I'm I'm curious to see the front. You know, he plays tilted. He, he doesn't traditionally line up even. He's tilted, which basically gives him an opportunity. If he does stay low, he'll have an advantage because he's already slanted in that hole. And that's that's coaching. That's just something that I'm really, really proud to see. Kind of, you know, you bring up that nice graphic about the young guys. Well, their development. Nick Herbig, I mean, T.J. Watt t- taught him the ghost move. Well, only thing he did in the practice was be unstoppable with the ghost move. Today he has his Alex Hosman teach him the, the, the spin move. That's what you want about your football team. You want guys to take the take take the jersey off, but most of all, still be the football savant, still be the football junkie. And that's what I'm seeing and hearing not just about the Steelers, about both sides. I mean, I, I was very, very happy what I've read about James Cook um, in terms of his development and the pass blocking. Um, I knew Ken K would develop. Um, like I said, Boogie Basham. Um, shout out to uh, Mookie Hawkins. Uh, I saw his interview where he had the, had the mic right here. And he said, man, listen, you know, his mentality now is something that he's just trying to say that, you know, game the game. That's growth. Boogie Basham knows I've been around the sun a little bit longer. I know how to do this, take care of my body. I know how to prep. That's what you're seeing. And I think you won't just see it at those positions. You'll see it probably sprinkled in all over in that Bill Steelers preseason game, man. Wow. I'm on mute again. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> man. But we 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 up against it, man. We we yes, we sir. we're gonna uh we'll be signing off in a second, man. Guru, thank you, brother, for coming on. You know, I thank you, you know, so man, much. We, we could talk football. Me and you have talked football for hours and hours and hours throughout the combine. Listen, three, four hours long in the space. We watching the combine talking <laughs> about four like guys form, how they look in there in these gauntlets. It, it I mean like when I tell you, like I respect this, I respect his brother's football mentality, like his his knowledge, his intellect, the way he absorbs the game. Listen, man, I, hats off to you, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate you yep. coming through. Yep. Th- thank you, Guru. You were the first name I thought of for 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 the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Whittle can attest to that. And we'd love to have you on again anytime. So if you want to, yeah, talk if you want to do it. Yeah, likewise. If you want to do a game recap, let me know. And I appreciate that. It's it's so many other great guys in the. Good girls too on the Steelers media. So to think of me like that, I appreciate you. Um, it's a team effort. I got the six-time champ lounge. You know about that. Um, you know Bills Mafia. This is a team effort. Spaces is a community. Um, and when you're able to talk ball so much, and this is the rewarding part of the the, the labor of you two. So I, I just appreciate the opportunity, and I'm excited. Um, we got two more sleeps, and then about about three thirty, four o'clock, we'll be wondering about where the pregame space is at, man. 
That's it. They'll That's be out it. there. They'll be out there. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, Google, before we let you get out of here, bro, do you have anything that you want to plug before you uh, before you step off, bro? Uh, nah, bro. Just you know, um, sports guru on Twitter. Um, just just one of those guys, man. Believe it or not, um, nothing nothing without God. Come from a good family, and just just really a football addict. Um, and it just really is it's beautiful to be able to talk ball with even-minded people um, on, on social media and, you know, we use Twitter. So now that's it, man. Um, shout out to the Coast to Coast. Shout out to uh, Widow 2K, Beyond 716, Bills Mafia um, for having me uh, tonight. And uh, this is a great, great setting, man. I saw the graphic, man. You know, I, I, yeah, I know how you do. So your, your day job, you know, graphic design side, we had to talk, man, because that, that was a dope graphic. And when you put it up there, I'm like, man, that's dope stuff. But Beyond, man, I appreciate you guys, man. Hey, Thank, man, you, Thank you, Thank you. All right, Stay man. Stay blessed, Guru. Absolutely. Thanks, All right. All right, man. Peace. Later, bro. What a great segment oh, that was. What a, what a great segment that was with Guru. That was tremendous. So, and we look forward to the game on Saturday, and and we'll look for us next week as we kind of wrap up the last what ten seconds here. Any uh, quick pick? No, nah, not really, man. I mean, you know, uh, uh, listen. Oh, that's coming out nasty. The sound, the music's coming out a little weird, but um, you know where to find us, man. Coast to Coast Wednesday to nine. Uh, that's when we record nine to ten p.m. Uh, Eastern time. That's the time we record, man. And, and we're gonna get into um, we're gonna get into live shows soon. But until then, you know, after we. After we record the content, we're just gonna put it out on you on the YouTube channel. So, man, if you like it, follow us, subscribe, make sure you hit the little bell so you know every time we drop a post in there, we drop a video. Um, yeah, man, uh, I- I'm looking forward to the game. And next week, man, we got a pre- we got a show. We're gonna do a show on the last preseason game. I don't even remember who the last preseason game is against. Ooh, it it is against the Bears. It's against the Bears in Chicago. Jermaine but I think Edmonds. a lot of us, yeah, it, that, yeah. I wish that was in Buffalo, but it, it will be great to see him again. It, well, I don't know if we'll see him on the field, but I'm sure next week we'll be talking a lot about who we're keeping and who we're not keeping on this roster because we're going to have a lot of questions answered come this time next week. Absolutely. All right. So uh, for Beyond 716, uh, I'm Whittle 2K. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Coast to Coast. We're going to get the uh, Twitter. We're going to get the Twitter page, the Instagram page, the Facebook page. We're going to get all of that set up this week, man. I promise. And um, make sure you get, make sure you tune in. Make sure you get locked into us by the time, the like the week before week one. Make sure you're here for that because we, we got some special guests coming through for that. Um, so, yeah, man, like, we just going to keep trying to do this, man. But we're going to sign off now, man. It's a little bit over the hour, but it's cool, though. All right. Absolutely. All right, Beyond. Thank you, Widow. I'll talk, catch you in the space, baby. Absolutely. Have a good day. All right. Later. Later.